We always felt like we were shortchanged as vegans. You know, we'd go to a really nice hotel and spend a lot of money in their restaurants, for example, or a resort. And they'd either have to sort of just throw something together last minute, or it would just be like a tomato pasta. What's up, everyone? Trizzy here from the Ticket to Anywhere podcast with my homie, Leah. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. If you're new, if you're not new here, and then welcome to all those who are new. That's right. We had a really cool episode. I mean, all our episodes are so cool. <laughs> they but are. This one was really dope for us because we're somewhat vegan vegetarian on that route we're like on the path yeah. yeah i'm pescatarian yeah. um but i'm basically like 70 30 so i'm vegetarian at home and then i'm pescatarian when i go out to eat mm-hmm. i'm the same yeah in the house vegan vegetarian outside of house fried chicken, chicken. fried chicken fried, chi- <laughs> fried chicken <laughs> she's on a fried chicken slash vegetarian diet that's right <laughs> lifestyle Oh, yeah, yeah, not a diet. Who's, what is this, 1994? (laughs) Diet. None of that. But Bridie from the World Vegan Traveler was our guest, and she was laying it out across the board 100%. Like, I had no clue about a lot of the resources she was mentioning Mm -hmm. and a lot of the tips and tricks that she gave you because you asked her a really cool question about how to incorporate, um, like, on the go. Yep vegetarianism without carbo loading Mm -hmm. and it was cool having her on because we're obviously not a vegan podcast we don't even know what percentage of you out there is a vegan or Mm -hmm. eats lives that lifestyle but we know personally we're always trying to make healthier choices and do more about the welfare of animals and plants and of our our earth right so having her on and helping people giving them tips for maybe starting a vegan journey, especially while you're traveling, was key. So that is why we brought Bridie on to Ticket to Anywhere and tell us a little bit about her vegan luxury tours as well. Exactly. So it was really interesting learning from her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so check her out, World Vegan Traveler. Um, And today... We want to share what we drink in, too. Mm, every episode, for sure. So I have some delicious coffee from Trizzy's Kitchen that I did not even get the origin of. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember where it's from? Um, I know it's from the Seattle Roastery. But, okay. like, the beans itself, we bought um, yeah, one remember. from Ethiopia, I believe. Okay. But besides that... Um, I added some coconut sugar into it, and of course, my silk oatmeal cookie flavored mm. oat milk. <laughs> you love that. Which, you know, I'm trying to, I know the oat milks taste so good, but they're not supposed, we're not supposed to be drinking the sunflower oil in them. That's why people oh. promote, like, you started to make your own nut milk yeah. and plant based milk, which is good because we don't add added oils. Yeah. But if you've ever tried the oatmeal cookie flavored oat milk, Yo, it's life-changing. But it has sunflower oil in it, so womp womp. Uh, maybe next time I'll try to make an oatmeal cookie milk for you. Okay, Chef yeah. Trizzy. You oatmeal know. cookie flavored oatmeal? Flavor, yeah. How you can do that? It's cinnamon, yeah, dates. Exactly. Girl, you already got it down. Oats. Yep, I have the oats. I have cinnamon. I have dates. That's all I need. She's okay. Yeah, I got you. Brady would be proud because we should have told her that you were making your own plant-based milk. That's right. Thanks, almond cow. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was a good plug. 
<laughs> this episode is not brought to you by Almond Cow, but no, no, <laughs> it could be in the future. That's right. Um, I am representing today with my tea in Oakland Tea Company. It's called Oakland Tea Company. <laughs> and I have this really dope flavor, Jasmine Rose. You guys like the floral scent? Mm, it's yeah. very light. It's so good. This could even be like a before, um, uh, before sleep type of drink Ooh. too if you don't really want to just keep going with the chamomile yeah this is a perfect one i love loose floral, leaf anything i got floral. this cute thing going on super cute yeah i love anything floral i'm a big yeah stuff all the flowers in my mouth <laughs> you know at first <laughs> that's vegan yeah <laughs> the taste of rose was so heavy for me i didn't like it at first really? yeah but then it wasn't until i started Doing like the lavender yeah. scent, like lavender flavor stuff. Yeah. That I started to appreciate rose. Oh, I love yeah. like florals, all floral. I love the scent. I love yeah. the flavors. Mm. Yeah, big flower, big flower queen. Even my cocktails. I love flower floral cocktails. Oh, you do. Yeah, I do. You'd be taking like the nicest, cutest cocktail photos. Put all them. Flowers. Put all them flowers in my cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> all the flowers. All the flowers. Cheers. cheers. And cheers to you out there. So this is starting your vegan travel journey this is leah and trizzy and we are two voices two views and two ways to adventure from anywhere we prioritize travel in our lives and we both travel very differently every other wednesday we drop episodes featuring the coolest travelers around the globe local business owners community episodes from you and of course us your resident travel lovers this is ticket to anywhere podcast watch us on youtube or anywhere you listen to podcasts Safety Wing is the world's first international travel medical insurance developed to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and remote workers traveling or living abroad worldwide. The Safety Wing Nomad Insurance includes both travel and travel medical insurance, which includes coverage for any travel delays, lost checked bags, emergency response, and natural disasters, plus coverage and access to qualified global network of hospitals and doctors for unexpected medical problems and accidents and any emergency medical evacuations. You can sign up for Nomad Insurance even if your trip is already happening or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels! Welcome. We have Bridie, world vegan traveler, as a guest on our Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Very excited to have her on. Thank you, Bridie, for reaching out and sharing this knowledge with us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you both for having me. We'd love if you could give, you know, for the the listeners that don't really know uh, much about you. We'd love if you can give a little bit of background on yourself. We know obviously you're an amazing tour operator. We want to hear about your vegan journey. If you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. I'll try to keep it very brief. But um, uh, yeah, I went vegan about um, 14, 13, 14 years ago. Now I was inspired by um, stumbling on a podcast way back in 2009. So I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time. And I, stum- I was vegetarian at the time. And I became vegan through the podcast that was then called Vegetarian Food for Thought. Now it's called Food for Thought. And it just radically shifted my perspective on the whole world, basically, by um, this information and then becoming vegan. 
I'd always, um, I'd, I had traveled a lot from as soon as I was uh, 18 years old or so, I was really excited about travel and did lots of fun at travel. I was vegetarian at that point. And I actually became a tour leader for Intrepid Travel. I don't know whether you or your listeners are familiar with Intrepid Travel. I was on the Intrepid Travel tour to Morocco. Ah, well, I was actually one of one of a team of three tour leaders that opened up Morocco for Intrepid way back in 2005. So that's funny that you you know them from that. And it was actually Morocco where I met my husband partner. Um, he was another tour leader as well. So Aww. Morocco holds a very special place in our hearts. So yes. <laughs> we both met as as vegan, as sorry, as tour leaders. And um, we met, we fell in love and we decided to stop tour leading because living on the road as a tour leader, I did it for five years, is extremely challenging or it was for me. There are some people that can do it full time constantly for a really long time. And we moved to Vietnam. And it was just a few years after that, that um, I became vegan. And my partner followed soon afterwards. And um, we just were doing lots of travel. And uh, uh, we became friends with Colleen Patrick Goudreau, the person that inspired me to become vegan in the first place through that podcast. And we we started traveling with them. We were like two couples that traveled together a lot, having lots of fun. And uh, over a glass of wine, we decided, well, why don't we see if we can put together a tour to Thailand for your following, Colleen, because she has quite a big following in the vegan community. And I'm thrilled to say that she agreed, which is, you know, it's, it's not a small thing to trust two people with your brand and, and uh, your um, your image, I guess, a little bit. And uh, we did a trip to Thailand and it was just amazing. And we decided to focus on luxury travel because we, my partner and I, we had stumbled across like travel hacking sort of a back, back in about 2014. And Seb took to this with gusto and he accumulated lots of points. And we would just have these incredible travel experiences. And we would just a little bit irritated, I guess is the correct adjective to use, because we always felt like we were shortchanged as vegans. You know, we'd go to a really nice hotel and spend a lot of money in their restaurants, for example, or a resort. And they'd either have to sort of just throw something together last minute, or it would just be like a tomato pasta. And this was irritating. Um, It was just a Anyway, it's not the end of the world, you know, first world problems and all of that, but it just was a kind of annoying. And we wondered whether we could do something in the sort of the luxury travel niche. So since that Thailand trip, we've run trips to Vietnam, two back-to-back trips to Rwanda, which was really special, France and Italy, and there are more on the horizon. So yeah, that's, that's sort of how we came to this point now. That is really exciting. Yes, it's wow. It is. (laughs) Um, I have a question actually about your tours then. So did you practice running vegan tours before they were official tours and before people had to pay for them? Like, I'm curious if you test ran them with friends or family or people who just wanted to try them out and see what it was like. No, we didn't. (laughs) But, but I will say that, um, 
that wasn't something that we were too worried about okay. because, as I mentioned, uh, Seb and I have huge amounts of experience in, in running tours. And something, a part of this story that I didn't men- mention was that Seb also works has worked in TV production. So if you know anything about TV production, you will know that it's hugely to do with logistics and anticipating every possible scenario and fixing problems as they come up, but at the same time, keeping everything nice and smooth. So, and also I have a background also um, during that time when we were living in Thailand and Vietnam, I was also, I had taken a break from the travel industry and I was working in education. So I was working as a teacher in, um, in elementary schools, international elementary schools. And this also requires a lot of thinking on your feet and um, making decisions, making a hundred decisions every five minutes and really problem solving as well, but just keeping everything, you know, one of our travelers says that he thinks that we're like swans, you know, at the top, we're like graceful and just like walking through the wind, um, swimming through the water, but then underneath there's this like, (laughs) there's this like frantic paddling. Uh, So, you know, of course, this is what we're always trying to do is, you know, making sure that there are no issues, but at the same time, keeping it nice and relaxed and helping our travelers feel comfortable and relaxed because of course they're on holiday they don't want to they don't want to be dealing with the stress we take that stress that travel stress off them all right so let's jump into your podcast because I noticed that you started around the time we conceptualized our podcast and that was late 2019 so how did you decide to just create this podcast for everybody Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, having a podcast is really, really good for marketing um, for for the business as well. So that's one reason I did require a little bit of nudging to do it uh, because I'm naturally a bit of an introvert. Uh, Networking is something that I find quite challenging to do when you think about conventional networking, when you're all sitting in a room and handing out your business card. This is something that I find challenging and I will not lie it was it was difficult at first but I have really experienced so many benefits from podcasting and uh, it's really helped me to meet so many people throughout the vegan travel um, and vegan space which is just so nice it's improved so many of my soft skills as well and I feel like it's just had such a positive impact on my life because I'm just getting out there, particularly during the pandemic when we weren't really talking to people. And, you know, I went through my a few periods where I was just like, you know, not even wanting to think about travel, but this really sort of kept me on track. So this is this is, I guess, the reason why I started the podcast and why I continue to do it. it it's just so much fun to just travel virtually, even when you are at home. <laughs> Yeah. And we love how you love to highlight, excuse me, uh, you know, vegan businesses, uh, vegan tips for travelers and whatnot, and um, kind of highlight those who who work in animal protection. Mm -hmm. So those are important topics. I think a podcast is a great way to get out there. So I feel like, you know, on the topic of veganism, it's pretty evergreen, but did you 
feel that you had to pivot at all during the pandemic or did you make any changes? Um, that's a really good question. Certainly it gave us a lot of time to think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say that we continue to stay on focus with, with our travel, with our luxury vegan group tours. But, you know, we do sort of entertain some other ideas from time to time. And while we haven't taken action on them, uh, we are really excited about potentially doing family vegan trips at some point in the future. We think that, you know, traveling, especially when you're traveling from place to place, you know, a few different places on a trip, you know, no one really needs a group tour when they're going to the beach for two weeks, right? But if you're <laughs> traveling from place to place, it's really nice to have someone to take all of that sort of actual movement and, and things like that from place to place off your hands as a family and of course if you can have a few families traveling together the kids have someone to play with and if we could create an itinerary that's really interesting for parents and kids I think that would be really good especially with my background as a as an educator I think that would be so much fun so that's something that we would really like to do and of course we've thought about other destinations we've thought about doing destinations that are maybe a little bit um, a little bit closer to the United States. That's where our main audience is. So we're sort of thinking about maybe Costa Rica as a possible destination, Canada as a possible destination, and maybe making shorter trips that, you know, don't require like 24 hours to get there, like Rwanda does, for example. Yeah, absolutely. As far as like when you're researching before a trip, what resources, apps, um, blogs, websites, anything do you use before and during? Sure, sure. Are you talking about like for my own personal travel or specifically for our trips when we're researching or, for sorry, a group trip? To, to kind of find like vegan food and um, making sure animal sanctuaries are actually not harming the animals. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Okay, so I have, um, we have a few things that we do now. The level of research that goes into planning a trip was, would be quite different uh, that we're running as a group tour would be quite different to, uh, to when we're just organizing our own personal travel and the information that would be interesting and valuable for your listeners. So I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so I have a number of apps that I use all the time when we're traveling, whether it's, and this is certainly what we use when we're planning our trips as well. So I'm sure that for any vegans that are listening, this app will need no introduction, but given that there are some people probably listening that are not vegan, I will share it. It's called Happy Cow. Are you familiar? (laughs) Yes, yes. That's just one of them. But um, (laughs) Happy Cow, for those that don't know, is an incredible app. It's been going for like, the website's been going for like more than 20 years, I think. And it's basically a database of all of the vegan, vegetarian, veg-friendly restaurants throughout the whole world. It's got a really active community. Uh, This is a really interesting app. They've also got things like... um, bed and breakfasts on there, food trucks, They've, you, and you can filter through all of those things. And what I really like is, you know, it has a GPS thing, so the GPS um, thing in there. So you can click, you know, vegan restaurants around me, and then it'll give you directions. And it's really, really incredibly valuable, um, helpful, accurate information. So this is an amazing app. 
Another one that I also really like is called A Billion. It's a Singaporean-based app. And this one is a little bit different in that it looks to find vegan meals around you. So you can go on there and you can see what's what's around you. So it might, it's not necessarily a restaurant. It could be a really good vegan meal in a place close to you. And they also have products as well. And they have this really interesting where thing where every time you write a review, you're incentivized to write a review because it means a donation will of $1 will go to an animal sanctuary. And that's just this model that they've created, which is quite good. Another thing that I would love to invite people to consider is there's often equivalents of happy cow, but particular to the country that you're going to that, you know, can be a little bit tricky to know about. Um, for example, there's one in France called Veggio Resto, and it's it's absolutely wonderful website that I would say is even more comprehensive than Happy Cow is, I guess, particularly because um, French speakers are contributing to it. But, you know, you don't need to speak French to, to understand right. that there is a, a nice looking place just, just not far from your hotel. There's images and all of these kinds of things. So sometimes you can find these um, these particular apps or websites that are um, in the country that you're going to. And the other tip, other uh, website that I would love to share is called Veggie Hotels. Have you heard of it? That's so cute. No, I haven't, haven't, but we're about to look it up. Okay. So Veggie Hotels is, I believe it's German run, but it's, it's in English and it is a database like Happy Cow of all of the the vegan or very vegan friendly accommodations around the world. And um, this, it has some really, really interesting places. So, so of course they have all of the vegan hotels and you might be surprised that there are quite a few vegan hotels around the place and they're not sort of necessarily all fancy schmance, um, sorry, what did I want to say? Like sort of hippie kind of boho kind of style hotels. Actually, there are some really special four-star, five-star hotels around the world that are vegan. Of course, they are not everywhere, but there are quite a few. And there are lots and lots of bed and breakfasts and smaller accommodations as well. Like I've just finished writing an article on vegan travel opportunities for visitors to France and I dug deep into all of this and there are some really cute little French hotels and I found most of them on veggiehotels.com in some really interesting areas so you know you could really get off the beaten track a little bit if you decided to go and stay in this little little town and um, in the southwest of France a place that typically isn't very vegan friendly you can have your dinners there and you can be exploring the beautiful countryside of um, southwestern France um, from this base so it's it's really really nice what there's a couple more that I wanted to share as well Google Translate Google Translate I'm sure most people are interested or sorry they know about this um, this website, but this is really, really helpful when you're trying to communicate your needs to a hotel, to a restaurant. This is can be really, really helpful. And there's also a website called Veg Visits, which is basically like the vegan equivalent of Airbnb. 
Oh, <laughs> so this is this is a really fun website too. I think that's my lot in terms of specific sites. That was such a great list. Yes, <laughs> because it's not just food. You incorporated hotels, Airbnbs, yeah. shopping, entertainment, everything for the um the app. You mentioned, you said billionaire or billion? A billion, a billion, one word, a billion. Oh. Can, you, can you spell that for all the listeners? Sure. A-B-I-L-L-I-O-N. There you go. So it's a website and an app. It's Singaporean run and um, it's okay. it's a fun app. I like to contribute to it. Okay. Oh, I, love it. I love that. I actually have a question about your level. I mean, I... I Some people are very free-spirited vegans. So I want to backtrack a little and ask about your vegan practices. When you say you're a vegan, does that mean you you don't even like use animal products, correct? Like not only do not consume, but use neither. That's right. Yeah, I would say that I subscribe to the... I don't want to say the most pure, that's not the right word, the most standard definition of what vegan is, which okay. is, you know, avoiding animal exploitation in all areas of their life where, whenever it's possible and practicable. So that's really what I do. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I avoid uh, all animal products and all animal flesh and their secretions. I also don't wear any products from animals and avoid them in uh in cosmetics or beauty products or cleaning products at home all of those kinds of things so yeah i i'm pretty standard um vegan when it comes to that okay so i have a question too because i had a vegan friend that once said she still uses honey which Mm -hmm. i guess is a point of contention for her because she was like well isn't it more of like a byproduct of bees not necessarily Mm -hmm. harming the bees so do you consume honey Actually, I do not consume honey, and uh, I do understand what, why your friend says um, what she what she says. Um, but you know, for me, under the definition of veganism, it, it it is their secretion, and and actually, they make it for themselves. Mm-hmm. They make it as food for their hive, not for me. Yeah. And um, and you know, it, it's takes a lot of work to make honey. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's not a product that I need. So okay. I, I avoid it. I don't personally think that there are any particular um, health benefits to it. But um, I would say that, you know, actually, some bees are killed in the mm. um, in the production of honey, particularly the queen. The queen has their wings pulled off so that she doesn't flee the hive. You know wow. these kinds of things, but you know not many people know about that. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why they are they continue to eat honey. But for me, that's why I choose not to. It's not a product that I need, and I can use maple syrup or yeah. agave nectar or yep. just omit it entirely. Lots of lots of different alternatives wow well, I, yeah. I something new yeah <laughs> no no it's okay <laughs> yeah good good that's why we have you on here yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that <laughs> oh this is a fun question so which region or places do you find that you consider you know it's a preference um like your favorite vegan food so far uh, do you mean like my favorite cuisine that's that yeah, can be sure. made vegan yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's not, nothing particularly um, mind-blowing, I don't think. But Thai food, I lived in Thailand for 10 years. 
Thai food is so good and so easy to veganize and the flavors, whether you're vegan or not, are just amazing. So Thai food is just wonderful. Italian food is great because so much of it is accidentally vegan, I would say. And the quality of the produce is usually very, very high. And they make, when you go to Italy and you uh, go to a restaurant, you know, they don't have cheese on everything like they do in North American Italian food. You know, it's, it's really very easy to either have it vegan already or to veganize it. And like I say, the the vegetables are such high quality. They just stand on their own. They're just really, really, really tasty. So I would say that I've heard really amazing things about Mexican food. I haven't been to Mexico yet and how vegan friendly just it is by default. I will have to wait, but I have heard really good things about that. Come to Southern California. We do great vegan Mexican food. In Mexico, I feel like it may be a little bit harder to find vegan food per se that's still not maybe loaded with sauces or loaded with Mm. um, cheese and carbs. Actually, this is a good, or well, cheese, obviously, uh, you would avoid it. But this is a, you bring up a good point. So I backpacked South America for an entire year and I'm pescatarian which is easier, but also seafood is very expensive and difficult Mm -hmm. to access in lots of parts of the world. Right. So I end up eating vegetarian throughout places, certain places in South and Central America. And then some places they recommend don't drinking or not drinking the water, which means not eating the vegetables because they rinse the vegetables. So what I found a lot of times on my travels, I end up carboloading with like bread and cheese. So right. I'm, my, I guess my question is like, what best practices and what are some ways that people on the road, maybe for a budget traveler like myself, they can collect um, what type of meals and snacks and, and what can they look for when they're searching and they're trying to be a vegan as opposed to maybe going to a restaurant, say they don't want to pay, you know, 20 US for a vegan meal in a foreign country? What are some of uh, Mm. the tips that you have or or what have you done yourself? Sure, sure. I have have a few ideas. Um, So it's true that you can end up super carb loading when you travel. I think generally speaking, particularly depending on the place that you're going to, it just sort of lends itself to, you know, think Italy is tons of pasta and pizza, for example, you end up uh, loading up on carbs. And if you are, if you are traveling for a long time, this can be a bit of an issue, not only, you know, nutritionally, is it not great, but you can feel a little bit well, I guess it <laughs> would be the way that I would describe it. Um, and so, you know, a couple of things that I would invite people to consider doing is if you, especially if you're eating lots of sort of um, food in, I'm guessing like street food and things like that, you know, it obviously it's going to be a bit tricky to ask for this, especially if you don't want to eat uncooked vegetables. And I'm guessing that's your, that was your concern, right? So salads. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you can, um, maybe if you're staying at at a hotel, you could just ask them to make 
a ton of steamed vegetables perhaps that could be a really good one or stir fry vegetables and you know it's maybe not the most interesting or exciting meal but I think everyone could benefit from this whether they're vegan or not is you know thinking asking yourself okay maybe just once a day I'm going to really try to get just a plate full of vegetables you know really really a ton of vegetables so if you can ask for a big plate of stir fried vegetables or steamed vegetables and um, and just trying to eat that once a day, that would be really good. Yeah. Another thing that I have used in the past, I remember when I went trekking in Nepal, um, in Nepal, it's mostly vegetarian, but the higher you got up in altitude, the fewer vegetables and protein there was actually, and yeah. I didn't love this. So I took some freeze-dried um, vegetables, broccoli and things like that. They're very light to, to carry. Um, but obviously, you know, you can't necessarily do that if you're backpacking. My other tip is to carry a water purifier. Mm-hmm. And this, this is a, a, I have a Lark bottle and a, a SteriPen. I don't take both, but these are ways that you can purify water quite easily so that you can go and um, go into a s- supermarket. You can wash fruit very easily with this purified water, you know, wash carrots, these kinds of things. Um, uh, and you can eat those, you can snack on those. Another tip that I have is to carry some collapsible Tupperware with you so that you can have a stash of, of fruits and veggies that you can snack on and every every now and then. So those would be, I think, most of my tips for that. Oh, seaweed. Seaweed uh-huh. is another really good snack um, that is quite widely available these days. It is, you know, it's often quite high in salt, but... It has a ton of nutrients in there. And my last tip is a greens powder. Um, There are are some out there. Some of them seem quite expensive. Some of them seem uh, a little bit more reasonably priced. But, you know, having a scoop of greens powder can be a good way to get your nutrition in uh, so that if you are traveling for a long period of time, you're not going to just miss out out on any nutrients. Those are amazing tips. No, I appreciate that. And I know our audience will too, just because I know some people are looking for different ways Mm -hmm. to get their nutrients in while trying to make healthier choices. I know one thing for breakfast I do is like a makeshift avocado toast. And I know it's still carb loading, but you get all the nutrients, like the good fat. So I'll do like um, sliced cucumber, sliced tomatoes, avocado on bread. And I'm like, this, that's so filling. Yeah. Yes. Even just one big slice and then I'll figure it out the rest of the day. <laughs> I think so. I think if you start the day well, yeah. nutritionally, that really sets you up for the rest of the day, whether you're traveling or at home. Yep. Great tip. Absolutely. <laughs> Love everything about this episode so far. And I think it's time for the T2A Q2A, which is the take it to anywhere quick to answer segment. Mm -hmm. Three harmless questions for you. Okay, I'm ready. The first one, do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new place? Yes. Okay, I do. I log into the (laughs) Wi-Fi. 
Yes. <laughs> every as every traveler. Yes. That's great. <laughs> yeah, my, my husband, he he asks straight away what the Wi-Fi passport is on check-in so that we don't get to the room. Um, so maybe that's the ritual asking and making sure that we have the Wi-Fi check-in. Maybe that's the ritual. Um, we will check out happy cows, see what's around us, definitely. And usually we want, we want to go out and explore straight away. So I always like to just get the room a little bit set up. And this will be a little bit different depending whether I'm spending a few days there or just overnight. But regardless, the very least I will do is take my toiletry bag out and put it in the bathroom. I will open up my packing cubes and put them um, in a place and I will set up what I call my charging station <laughs> so that so that um, all of those pesky devices will, will be easily chargeable. So that's my packing ritual, unpacking ritual. Awesome. Perfect. Easy, easy. And second question is, what are some items, any one item, several items, whichever, mm-hmm. that you always need on your travels with you? Okay. So my first one is my Lark bottle or SteriPen and collapsible Tupperware. I mentioned those earlier. For those people that don't know, when you're traveling in a um, place where the water is not drinkable you can get through a lot of plastic bottles so these these little devices these are fantastic I really like the Lark bottle because you just press the button you agitate the water and it um, uh, purifies the water in just 90 seconds collapsible Tupperware to take home to take back any leftovers from dinner to make sure if I'm making picnics something like that is that's something that I do a lot of when I'm in Europe I think that's not a vegan thing I think everyone likes to make picnics and things like that and I really don't like to have like smushed grapes at the bottom of my bag I don't love that so I like to have some collapsible Tupperware that's something that's easy and another thing that I really love are plain products they're um, American company but plain products they make um, uh, I think actually, I actually have my oh. hand, um, my hand lotion right here, oh, but they make these really cute little travel sizes of aluminium so that they're easy and nice to refill and, um, they don't break. And, uh, I just fill them up before I go. And the other thing that I really like is my Arceo backpack. I'll spell it for you. A-R-S-A-Y-O. It's a very, it's their Paris brand, but I believe they ship internationally. They are a really cute little purse, I guess you would say, that is also a backpack. Um, They have different sizes. They are quite stylish and cute, you know, you, you, so you can like walk around the city and feel like you're not just like wearing a regular sort of travel day pack and I really like the company. I really like the style. They're quite security. They have these little special zippers in there so that they're impossible to pickpocket. They're a really cute little backpack. So those are my must-haves. Perfect. Very different from what I what we've heard. Yes. <laughs> Great. All right. Last question. Where's your next trip? Yes, we are heading to Italy. We are running two trips to Italy, one to Tuscany, followed by uh, a trip to northern Italy. The Tuscany one we did last year, so this will be the second time running this trip. So that's 
wonderful. We love this place. We stay in a vegan hotel the whole week. And the other one is to Northern Italy, where we'll be studying Milan, going to Lake Garda, staying in an absolutely beautiful, beautiful, non-vegan, but um, amazing, beautiful hotel there a villa I think is a better way to call it um, at Lake Garda then we head up into the Dolomites um, where we're staying in a vegan hotel there and then we'll move to the Alpi di Suezi I don't know if you're familiar that beautiful alpine um, pasture land it's UNESCO World Heritage it's really rather special there's a vegetarian mostly vegan accommodation up there it's just stunning And then we'll head to Venice where we've got some incredible uh, experiences lined up for our travelers. And then we have to go and do a little bit of research in Switzerland too. So, you know, hard life. (laughs) Righty, I think Leah and I are going on those trips. Yeah, we'll see you there. Welcome. (laughs) Come join. Come join. You have this conviction in your voice and your words. I was just like, what? what like everything that it was just building up yeah. excitement oh thank you great. so much yeah this has you. been so wonderful and we hope that inspires our audience to make healthier choices you know consider a vegan lifestyle and we you know we know that's what you brought to this episode today so we're super happy oh, to have you on definitely teaching I, us. thank you yeah. thank I you i hope it's useful more, sorry i have one more simple question though <laughs> coffee or tea this is very difficult <laughs> If, if you want a one-word answer, this pains me to say it, but it's tea. English uh, breakfast tea, black tea with milk, uh, non-dairy milk, of course, um, no sugar. <laughs> but I also love coffee in the morning too. Yes, I do. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But, yeah, that was the end of it. Thank you again. Um, let everybody know where they can find you on socials, any websites, your uh, touring company. Have at it. Sure, you can find us at wellvegantravel.com and wellvegantravel on all of the social media handles. I invite anyone that's interested to sign up to our mailing list because that's how you get uh, notified of trips when they come up. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you having me on today. It was a blast. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you love travel as much as we do, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Thank you all for your support so far. When you have the time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback, and it'll help others come across our episodes and hopefully be inspired to travel and adventure anywhere.